0: If you listen to relevant radio often, have you ever had one of those moments where you hear something on the air, a conversation that is so timely, so appropriate, you know the Holy Spirit is definitely at work? You heard something that you needed to hear at that exact right moment, or you you heard a theme discussed more than once on different shows, and it's precisely what you are dealing with or what you're struggling with at that moment. I heard something on the air yesterday that I think fits into that category, and I'll share it with you coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Ray. Hello and happy Friday. I'm so glad to have you along for this hour that we dedicate each and every day to spiritual direction, trying to understand how God is leading in our lives. And that's what the focus of this hour of the inner life is all about. So last night I was listening to Relevant Radio. I caught the last uh, 20 minutes or so of the show Trending. If you haven't listened to Trending, it airs each night at 6 central on Relevant Radio. And the regular host, her name is Timmery. She's actually out on maternity leave right now. She had a little girl just uh, about a month ago. And the guest host that was in, her name is Brooke Taylor. So Brooke, she interviewed a man named Paul Darrow. Paul Darrow is a former male model. He had been living in an openly gay lifestyle for years and years. He was an atheist, but he had a conversion, and now he works with other people who struggle with same-sex attraction. And in the last 10 minutes of that interview, a listener, A woman named Mary, she called in and she asked for advice. Her call is exactly the focus of our conversation today on The Inner Life. Here, give a listen to that call from Mary.
1: I'm struggling with a 19-year-old who had same-sex attraction. He's doing drugs, alcohol, um, just lying, just doing, you know, doing everything you shouldn't be doing. And we're Catholic, practicing Catholic. He went to Catholic school. And every day I tell him that God loves him, that Jesus loves him, to do the right thing. And I just don't feel like I'm getting through. I pray all that's fine. I just don't know what to do.
0: You can just hear that mother's heart there, can't you? Uh, Now, there had not been any coordination behind the scenes between trending, having the same theme of a conversation last night, and here on The Inner Life, us discussing this today. But for some reason, the Holy Spirit was at work to have both of our shows discuss the same issue, that issue of same-sex attraction, and then how you can love and support someone in your family while still being true to the teachings of the Catholic Church. So maybe you heard that interview last night, and you are listening again right now There must be something that the Holy Spirit wants you to hear if you have a loved one who is living in that gay lifestyle. Or maybe you have a son or a daughter who has told you that they identify as a different gender than their biological sex. And you find yourself, you're caught in this difficult place. You don't want to alienate or drive away that person that you love, that family member, whoever it is. But you also believe in the truth of the Catholic Church and what it teaches regarding marriage. And homosexuality and, and gender. And so what do you do in those moments? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. And and if this is something that you're caught in the middle of right now, and if you didn't hear last night's broadcast of Trending, well, after this show ends, I would very much encourage you to go and listen to that interview from last night. You can find it on uh, our website. The podcast is at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. But as we look at this important topic today and how we find that right approach to not whitewash sin, but also to not burn any bridges, to ruin any relationships, I'm very glad to welcome to the program as our spiritual director, Father Joseph Johnson. Father Johnson is a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. He's the pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Father, welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm, I'm very glad to have you here today.
2: Thanks, Josh. Good to be with you.
0: Well, so uh, I also want to put a little disclaimer here, just because some of the areas that we might wander into in our conversation, you know, we're going to try and keep everything uh, at a higher level that is, you know, something that, that doesn't get too much into, you know, any details. But it also might be a little sensitive for younger listeners. So if you're listening right now, if you have a young person nearby— You might want to revisit this show at a more appropriate time. Um, And the podcast, it'll be posted here just as soon as we're done. Uh, My producer, Nick, he's very good about trying to have it up as quickly as possible. Um, But with that said, Father, there's a lot of areas that we can talk about here. And I think there's also a lot of maybe confusion, misconception, misunderstanding of what the church really teaches regarding certain areas, regarding sexuality, regarding identity, regarding marriage. So maybe before we get into some of the things where you know people will say, well, the, the church is down on you know whatever that might be. Before we get into that, looking at you know problematic areas in one way or another, can you maybe give us a uh, uh, fundamental understanding of what the church is teaching is on marriage itself, because that I, I think having that right understanding then will allow us to say, okay, you know, that's what that's what the church teaches, and maybe then we can get into the why does the church teach that as well. But then it, it, it at least informs the rest of our conversation.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I think context. Is essential in this, Josh, because we, we leap into the particulars of a situation, and uh, and then we argue one side against the other, whereas you don't realize that there there are underlying principles that these positions flow from, uh, and so certainly the church is teaching on marriage, but but just even to understand the church is teaching on marriage, uh, the church is teaching on who is the human person, and when we think about the human person is created in the image and likeness of God. So we understand then there, there are certain things that, that we possess because we're in God's image. Uh, we possess an immortal soul. Uh, we, we possess an intellect, a rational intellect, uh, and we possess free will. But another part of being made in the image and likeness of God is God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, and so God is a communion of persons. And so then you also have to understand about us being made in the image and likes of a communion of persons is that we are incomplete until we live in a communion of persons as well. And that's why in Genesis, God looking at his creation sees something and he's pronouncing all the way along he's pronouncing this is good this is good this is good and then he gets he says whoa this is not good and that moment comes before sin enters the picture so what is it that's not good about creation before sin enters and that is God looking upon man and seeing he is alone that's not good because he can't live this communion of persons alone And so then we get the complementarity of of Eve and Adam, uh, and they're able to form a communion of persons uh, in that way to image. The marriage is is able to image the, the Trinity. And of course, you say, well, the Trinity is three, obviously, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Marriages is two. No, marriage is two plus God. So, so there still is a Trinitarian uh, communion of persons uh, within marriage in, in that sense, and this is the beautiful groundwork that Pope Saint John Paul II did uh, throughout the 1980s uh, in his uh, fantastic series uh, on the theology of the body. These Wednesday audiences where he gave these profound. Uh, catechesis on the human person and opening the human person up as made in the image and likeness of God and as destined for this community of persons. And then that becomes the framework and the context for us talking about marriage and sexuality. So sorry to <laughs> have to back way up. No, no, no. Uh, Don't
0: apologize. No, it's again, like you said, it's good to have that context
2: yeah and then so then, when we think about marriage we we we, we talk about uh, a couple of goods of marriage and and one is the the intimacy between the 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 man and the woman that, that is the the um Sense of union between them, and that's where we usually talk about falling in love and, and all of this. But then there's also the the so we talk about that as the unitive dimension, but we also talk about the procreative dimension, that is uh, the openness to life. Uh, that the human species is meant to uh, go forth and multiply, uh, as Genesis says. And like any species, to continue to perpetuate the existence of the species, there has to be reproduction. And that happens then within this, this context as well. So the unitive and the procreative dimensions of, of marriage are something uh, that we have to keep in mind as as two uh, different principles but that are connected to one another and and both should be present and that's where then we get into this teaching then about same-sex marriage because obviously uh, the procreative cannot be uh there and that brings us to, to some basic science you know people say follow the science josh you've heard it in the past couple years, follow right. the science you know we've heard it the past 300 years science not these superstitions all this well the human body is designed in a particular way. You know, you don't have to be a theologian uh, to to understand that. But biology will tell you that the, the human person is designed in a particular way and uh, things function in a particular way. And sexuality is an area where medicine... Uh, begins to act against its own very rationale. What is medicine meant to do? Medicine is meant to take something that's not functioning properly and help heal it, help it to function the cro- in the correct way. But but in the past couple of decades, medicine has taken a, a violent lurch in the opposite direction in terms of sexuality, where we are taking things that are working and saying we wanna make them not work. That's, of course, the whole story of contraception. It's it's where medicine says we're gonna take something that's functioning exactly as the body was designed to function, and we're gonna stop it. We're gonna put a halt to it. That's doing violence to the human person. Uh, That is contradicting the natural biological functioning of our bodies. Uh, and yet that is just assumed now as, well, I want it or I don't want it. So all of a sudden, my desires trump everything. And, and that's where we need to step back and understand there is a truth to how the human person has been designed. There is a truth to how uh, the human person's sexuality functions. And, and that truth has to be the starting place for understanding the church's teaching, and for us explaining the church's teaching uh, to others. Not that the others are necessarily going to accept it, but again, we're not asking them to, to believe in something that comes out of the catechism or the Bible. We're asking them to look at the science of this and start and say, can we make this our common ground for a discussion, a respectful discussion about this? Uh, that that my desire isn't the the number one thing that determines the truth of things, but there's actually biological evidence that says there is a design, whether I like the design or not. Right.
0: Well, okay. So let me just play a little devil's advocate with you here on that point. You know, as you're saying, there is that scientific, that biological, um, the design that we can see there in the complementarity of male and female human beings Um, and when there is that divorce of procreative that that procreative aspect of the sexual union between man and woman that it's, it's robbing that of what it really should have in its fullness. If I say well but isn't that what scientific progress should be able to do is allow us to be able to control when we conceive and when we don't conceive that we, you know, we, we aren't, there's a reason that we have vaccines so that we don't just get sick when any old bug comes along. You know, there's a reason that we don't have uh, polio. That's an issue in our society anymore. Um, These different scientific breakthroughs, these medical breakthroughs have helped humanity. So why is, uh, why, why is contraception not in the same vein as some of those other progress, uh, you know, those, those other scientific medical progress milestones for us?
2: Great, great point, Josh. So you, you bring up a vaccine. Uh, the human body has an immune system, and, and vaccines are meant to help bolster the human body's immune system to do exactly what the immune system does, which is fight off uh, illness. Uh, and, and so that's what, what a vaccine does is helps the body to do better what the body is already trying to do. The 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 contraception though uh, is taking something the body is doing naturally. And saying, I don't want it to do what it does. I want it to do what I say it should do. And again, it's pride lurks in this. It's the almighty me. I am going to force my design on top of God's design, or, or if you don't want to, to, to immediately reference the divine, uh, on top of the biological design. It's about my desires. That becomes the ultimate arbiter of everything, which is pride pride. You and I can recognize that uh, and it it 's also a recipe for unhappiness you know that that, that 's where you know the the big thing that comes in this discussion josh is you 're telling people that they can 't be happy, and that's that 's why it, it's it's so poignant right How could I tell two people in love that they can 't get married you know uh, how could I keep people apart from other it, it comes back to this question, which is the underlying desire of every human heart, which is to be happy. And you're saying the church is thwarting that. And instead we're saying, no, the church is revealing. There is a path to happiness. And and we're inviting you to discover that the path to authentic happiness, to lasting happiness, to true fulfillment is by living in accordance with god's design that's where authentic happiness is to be found and again that's where a lot of the emotional uh, heartstrings the, the the great pull uh the uh, that gets the clouds the science of this discussion it's about this question of happiness and say so, no i want you to be happy i want you to be happy here and i want you to be happy forever and that means living in
0: accordance with god's plan uh, well, and I want to emphasize a word that you used along with happiness: authentic happiness. Um, because so much, you know, in our society right now, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about this, but w- you know, we don't want to we don't want to suppress or ignore our feelings, but our society has given what we feel a place of primacy above almost anything else that you might want to bring to the conversation. And when you let your feelings lead, but you don't use your intellect, you don't look at things rationally and logically, um, you, you set yourself up for problems all, in, in so many different ways.
2: Well, and you, you've hit the nail on the head in that we don't live in a thoughtful society we live in an emotional society everybody's emoting all over the place and 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 you know with a lot of rage being the the favorite emotion uh, especially you know there's all this invective against one another anyone that doesn't agree with me we we demonize them and all of this but having a mutually respectful thoughtful discussion of topics it doesn't happen in congress and it doesn't happen at the thanksgiving dinner table uh you know we we just let our emotions carry us away uh whether that's within uh the family or within the political life of our nation it's just we're all riled up all the time and and so there's not a lot of space for this and that's why when you talked about it at the beginning Uh, one of the things that we need to do is we need to build bridges. So if we can start with a sense of respect for one another, then maybe we can invite people to see things from our point of view and we can listen to them uh, respectfully about their point of view as well and get to that thoughtful discussion. But as long as we've demonized one another, we're not willing to listen. We're not willing to take the time to explain. Uh, you know, We're not willing to roll up our sleeves and work on a relationship with the person. We just use truth as a club. You know. Right. And that's the right. thing. I can have all the right answers and still be very displeasing to Christ yeah. because I use the truth as a club to bash somebody else over the head. That's not what Jesus wants us to do. And that's where that we come back to that old saying in the church: love the sinner, hate the sin. There's a that's a big, important distinction. Yeah. You know, and I think people see us hating sin. They don't always see us loving the sinner. Mm. And, mm. and that's that's where. We've got to build these bridges. Uh, Let me give you a a little story. Well, Father, hold on to that story. We
0: need need to, yeah, we need to take a quick break here. Um, So let's pick up on that when we come back. And let me also open up the phone lines here as today we're talking with Father Joseph Johnson, uh, understanding the church's teaching on the human person, on marriage, on sexuality. And maybe you have a question of what the church teaches about one of those areas. Um, We also are going to be talking about what the church says about homosexuality, about gender identity, and especially maybe you might be in a, a position where you have a family member, maybe a son or a daughter, who is in a gay lifestyle, who has told you that they identify as a different gender than their biological sex, and you're not sure how to... Uh, have that approach that Father was just talking about, how you love them, how you build that bridge, but at the same time, you don't compromise on the truth on what the church teaches if you're looking for some advice for some insight you're you're welcome to call in and speak with father joseph johnson the phone number here into the studio is 888-914-9149 914 9149 our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com, and we will be right back here on relevant radio and the relevant radio app this hour is sponsored by saint gregory recovery center Helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. Welcome
2: back to The Inner Life with Josh Raymond. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149.
0: That phone number again, 888 or you can email us, com. Talking today with Father Joseph Johnson, he is the pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, talking about the church's teaching on uh, the, the person, on human sexuality, on marriage what the Church teaches on homosexuality, on gender identity, a lot of very uh, heavy topics here. And again, if you just joined us, and since we are talking about some of these topics that might not be appropriate for younger listeners, if you have that young person nearby, you might want to listen to the podcast of the show when it's posted here after the broadcast ends. Um, That's in about a half hour from now. It'll be posted shortly after that. Um, And again, if you would like to join the program, if you have a question for Father Johnson, the phone number triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Father, right before the break, you had a, a, a story you were going to share, so I want to let you pick up right there.
2: Okay. Well, we were talking about building bridges, right? About right. Uh, before that, we can have this kind of thoughtful discussion about the issues. We we need to to kind of pave the way with a relationship that is loving. Uh, so, about ten years ago, here in Minnesota, we had a referendum about whether or not marriage should be defined uh, in law as between a man and a woman. And uh, the church was very involved in the year leading up to that to try and, and make a, a powerful case for why this should be, and yet it was defeated. right? And the, the day after the election, I, I preached uh, in, in the daily mass and said to everyone, thank you for all your hard work, for all your prayers you know, um, this is something that we're just going to have to keep, you know, uh, dealing with in our society. And and I know that, that there have been a lot of hard feelings from people who disagree on this, and we're just going to have to address it in a loving manner. Well, at the end of Mass, you know, one of my preachers comes back in the sacristy and says, Father, you know, Thanksgiving's two weeks away, and... I'm gonna have these liberal cousins, and they're just gonna, you know, shove this down my throat. I said, "Well, we just, again, we have to work on being loving and and try and and you know get past some of this anger, so we can get to the thoughtful discussion." Well, after that, uh, I had a, a later flight to to go for a meeting in New York, and I get on the plane, and as we're being seated, the person whose seat is next to me is, uh, let's say, just dressed very flamboyantly. Uh, has very effeminate mannerisms. And as soon as I get settled, the person turns to me and says, Shall we talk about the election? Oh, okay. And, and so I'm not stereotyping this person very right, much. but elephant in the room. A certain, yeah. Exactly, a certain lifestyle and wanted to throw it in my face. And so I chuckled to myself, said, oh, well, I just gave that parishioner that, you know, uh, both of the homily and the parishioner and the sacristy, I just told them that we got to deal with this in a loving way. I guess I get to practice what I preach right now, Lord, so come Holy Spirit. And uh, so this person was just, just chomping at the bit for a knockdown, drag out fight. And I just said, "Well, I think that my side failed to make a persuasive enough case for why we see the traditional idea of marriage as being of great benefit to our society." Period. <laughs> and, and the person's like, "What? <laughs> you know, they they wanted me to they rant an and They wanted yeah, right? Yeah, you know. And and actually, what that did is it opened up for the next two and a half hours sitting next to each other on a on a, on a flight." for us to have a thoughtful discussion. Uh, but but more than the issues, we, we, we simply discussed how we see one another. How should we treat one another? And uh, at the end of this, as we're landing, and the person shared some, some deep wounds that really opened up their heart. Uh, again, which you don't normally do to a stranger on a plane, especially one that you know is, quote, from the other side right? And yet they'd opened up all of this. This, this man had opened up his heart for all these the wounds of his past. Uh, and I said at the end, I said, well, I hope it wasn't too uncomfortable for you to have to share this flight with a Catholic priest. And the response was, no, this gentle conversation was very healing. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I did not convince that person to change his mind, Right. I did not convince that person to convert their life and 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 strike out in a new way and all that. But there's a start there. The gentle conversation he could see already was bringing some healing. It lets some of the the venom out of the out of the, the issue. And and he could see that not everyone who holds the position on traditional marriage hates people who have same sex attractions. Yeah. Uh, And that's such a fundamental starting point.
0: That really is. And and I think it's also important to maybe even have historical perspective when you're talking with somebody. You know, there's—we live in a culture which has very definitely oppressed and marginalized many homosexual people, maybe not to the same degree that, you know, today, but, you know, definitely in past decades— um, I think, you know, we still see some of that today, but boy, in the past, somebody who is, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old and is is living in a gay lifestyle, that, that could very understandably, I think, you know, you have that conversation. You could see why there would be a defensive posture rather than a willingness to come with expecting the best of intentions because of having that past for so many decades.
2: Well, and I think we we all are also familiar with, uh, as children, we can be very insensitive to one another. And so anyone who's slightly different in any way, children can leap on that and make fun and you know there can be bullying or whatever absolutely, and so there's some wounds that start right there you know which aren 't necessarily a societal construct it 's just the immaturity of children not learning yet to, to how to respect the people who are different in any way you know and so so certainly uh, some of these wounds go all the way back there, certainly, as you said, some of them are are from from past historical things there there has been discrimination but but to yes to to try and say we don 't justify being mean to anyone in any circumstance.
0: Right. Um, A few years ago, I was speaking with a gay man who he was telling me how he grew up in a home where they went to, they went to church. It was a Protestant church. And he said that he was told, even though he hadn't come out at this point, but he was told merely being gay is a sin. And, that attitude it made him look at Christianity as being the enemy. You know, it just it just already said you are wrong, not because of anything he had done, just because of an attraction that he had. Can you help clarify how being attracted to someone of the opposite sex that is not itself a sin?
2: Being attracted to someone of the same sex, you mean?
0: I, I'm sorry. Yes. Not,
2: yep. Yep. So, uh, of course, so there's there's what we talk about as an attraction or or sometimes it's it's termed an orientation. uh, And that's very different than actions. Right. And so so what when and and I know people don't like this phrase in the catechism, but when we speak about it being an objective disorder. Right. To have an attraction, uh, a sexual attraction to someone of the same sex is objectively disordered. What we're saying is our emotions our desires are not in sync with the biological design of our body, all right? That's what we talk about, the objectively disordered part, but that's not saying it's sinful. Sinful is only when we would choose to act upon that, and it's a huge distinction, so important, uh, and that, that there are people who suffer terribly uh, from this attraction, but don't act on it, because they value the church's teaching, because they see the beauty of how God's plan is, and they want to, to, to live according to that plan. And I think there is a path to heroic holiness there, you know, and and that's what we have to do, is that each one of us has struggles. And, and our friends don't do us any favors by saying, just give in and do it, you know, the, the person that struggles to say no to, to whatever it is, uh, you know, that we want our friends to help us to choose the good, to, to be the best that we can, not to just, oh, just, you know, if it feels good, do it. I mean, that, that's, animals simply act according to their instinct, right? It's, it's, a, it's part of what it is to be human is that I don't have to do what I feel like doing, Right? I mean that's become the rhyme. If you if it feels good, do it. No. Part of humanity is I can I can supersede that. I don't have to just give in to whatever my cravings are. I have thought on a higher level than just the instincts, just the 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 uh, acting according to my feelings. That I can have I have principles along which I organize my life, and my choices I try to line up so that my actions are a reflection of my principles. Sometimes I fail, I stumble, but these are, this is what I'm trying to do. I have principles according to which I want to live my life, and I try to conform my day-to-day actions accordingly.
0: talking with Father Joseph Johnson today on The Inner Life about human sexuality, about human identity. Um, uh, what the Church teaches regarding these uh, areas, as well as marriage. And you're welcome to call in with your questions at 888-914-9149. Maybe you've had that dialogue with someone in the past. How have you been able to build a bridge rather than tear down that bridge? How have you been able to open the dialogue? Uh, Maybe you have someone in your family or a close friend, someone that you care about, who is... Living a gay lifestyle, maybe they identify as a different gender than their biological sex, and you want to be able to talk with them, you want to be able to hold to the teachings of the Church, you believe in the teachings of the Church, but at the same time you want to approach that person with love, with respect, and you're not sure how to do that, you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Johnson. Again, the phone number 888-914-9149. Father Barb is calling in, listening in Minneapolis. Barb, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Johnson.
1: Hi, thank you. Uh, I have had um, a—I have a two-part question. Uh, One, a young man that I've known since first grade went to school with my kids and— he was effeminate the whole entire time growing up, I'm, and it very much ostracized from the other boys, and he and I have stayed very close contact over the years. He says I'm like his second mom, and Catholic school, he I think he's afraid of the church now because of the teaching, and we've been able to, like I've said, are you sure you're gay? He's such a good guy, and he says, Barb, I'm sure but how like just how you were saying Josh what how do you talk to these kids or now young adults um about trying to stay in the church and like okay deny your feelings but how do you this is a big one to deny and the second part of my question is i have a grandson who's um very young uh not even in school yet and so effeminate Just in early, like kindergarten. Uh, And it's like night and day, (laughs) different from his brothers. Uh, And I, because of this other older kid that I know, there's the warning signals up. And how do I help? What can I do for that? Not even help, but what can I do?
2: Well, thanks, Bob, for calling in. And I I think the first thing to say is effeminate uh, mannerisms don't always. Uh, reflect uh, a same-sex attraction. Uh, sometimes there are moments where, you know, uh, especially in childhood, you know, a, a, a little boy decides he wants to play with dolls instead of toy soldiers, but then he goes back to toy soldiers or or whatever, you know. So, so we don't want to um, we don't want to jump to a conclusion that anyone that has any effeminate mannerisms is always going to have. That underlying same-sex attraction, but certainly there is sometimes a correlation, and and we we see it in plenty of cases. And and your your first part of your question certainly refers to to one of those cases. With regard to that person, I think what you simply have to do is, you know, you may not be the person that God wants to have the theological discourse and, and convince this person, but you might be the person that God is using to show that not everyone is going to be bullying or mean like this this young man experienced when he was a kid you know growing up uh and ostracized by his classmates that that catholics the catholic church individuals within the church uh actually uh, you know uh there's a lovingness that that we manifest and that maybe that's your primary role without without being you know uh willing to to sell the store you know that is without being willing to deny the church's teaching on this you know sometimes parents will come to me and say you know we have a child who's going to have their same-sex marriage whatever and there is absolutely no situation i know of that you could ever attend one of those right because uh it would be going against the church's teaching you would be saying that this is a marriage, whereas in fact your your very presence would be a witness condoning it, you know whereas in fact we can't say that uh, you know, but that doesn 't mean that we hate the person that doesn 't mean that we 're going to cut off all contact with the person, you know all of that. it just means there's got to be mutual respect and and that 's where sometimes people struggling with this attraction try and 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 play. And again, because th- they've suffered themselves emotionally, uh, sometimes they, they play an emotional blackmail with their parents or, or, or friends and say, unless you do this, you don't love me. You know, I say, well, no, I'm giving you the freedom that, that you're an adult and you can make choices uh, and, and you've got to give me the freedom to make my own choices and, and that I want to live according to my faith and my faith says I can't attend that ceremony. Uh, you know, so there has to be a mutuality to that respect. I respect your freedom. You can go and do that. I don't agree with it, but you can go and do that. I, I affirm your, your, your freedom in that. Please now affirm my freedom not to attend, not to approve. Because, because respect, if it's true respect, has to be a two-way street. And so often what we find is it's a one-way street. It's a demand. You don't love me unless you rubber stamp every one of my decisions. You don't love me unless you say that the choices I make are good. And, and that's where we have to draw a line and say, no, nope, I, I can't go down that road with you. Yeah. And in fact, it's emotionally unhealthy uh, to, to have a relationship that's not two-way respect. So we need to find, uh, find a way to reset that balance.
0: Father, as you're saying, you know, and I've encountered that too, where that attitude, if you don't approve of what I want to do, then you, you know, there's this kind of blanket, you don't love me, you don't care about me. But we, you know, if it was outside of the realm of sexual identity or sexuality, you know, we wouldn't expect that of somebody else in other areas of life, um, that they would just give kind of implicit, uh, you know, blanket approval to anything and everything we would want to do. You know, if if you are uh, causing yourself serious harm by doing drugs, by, you know, drinking, by, um, you know, eat, overeating way too much, you might want to approach it in a gentle fashion. But at the same time, you know, there's a reason that people have interventions for some of these other things, too. It's it's done out of love. And we we don't, approve, just like I say, in a blanket way, anything and everything somebody does just because if we don't, then it means we don't love them.
2: Right, and that's where we come back to that happiness thing. You know, you can't love me if you don't want me to be happy. I'm saying I can only be happy if I do this, right. and you're saying I I shouldn't do that, therefore you don't want me to be happy. And now how do I have a relationship with a person that doesn't want me to be happy? Yeah. That's kind of the the reasoning. But in fact, what we're saying is we don't see that as the path to your happiness, you know? And, and so that's why we can't go along because we love you. We do want you to be happy and we don't see this as the course that leads you to happiness. And there's an important distinction about this, uh, Josh, that intimacy and sex are often used interchangeably. interchangeably. right? But, but there's a big distinction there. Now, there are many situations, you know, in marriage where intimacy is expressed sexually. But there are even more situations where intimacy is in our life in a completely non-sexual way. And, and so imagine sitting on your, your grandfather's lap as he reads you a story. That's a great tenderness, a great moment of intimacy, there's hopefully nothing sexual at all about it, right? You know, big hugs from grandma, nothing sexual there, but very intimate. And, and so what we really want to back up to say is that we've got this disproportionate space that we're giving to sexuality, uh, and, and both in our identity, right? My sexuality is part of who I am, it's not my identity. It's part of who I am. It's an important part, but it's only part of who I am. Uh, and it's not everything. And so to get back to this, that even within marriage, you'll find the vast majority of couples as they age, sex becomes less and less a part of the way they express intimacy. And so what we're saying is that path to happiness is having rich Relationships. The path to happiness is having intimate relationships, but that the path to happiness isn't necessarily having sexual
0: relationships. Right, uh, Father. Let's let's continue this. We need to take one more break, um, but I, I'd like to also go back to what you were saying about identity. Um, you know, it's something that we see, especially in schools now, so pervasive. This gender identity ideology, and uh, let's spend the remaining time of the hour talking about that along with other, other ways that we might be able to accompany that loved one who is struggling with same-sex attraction, maybe has some confusion over gender identity. Again, our phone number, if you'd like to call in and speak with Father Joseph Johnson, the number is 888-914-9149, 914 9149 Back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
2: Welcome back to The Inner Life with Josh Raymond, Join the conversation at 888 914 -914 9149.
0: Thanks for being a part of the conversation here. Again, that phone number, if you'd like to call in and speak with Father Joseph Johnson, 888 914 -914 9149. Father Johnson is our spiritual director for the hour today as we're talking about human sexuality. Uh, sexual identity, homosexuality, uh, so many different things that we see in our culture today, what the Catholic Church teaches on those, and how if we are uh, trying to present the truth of the Catholic Church, we can do that in a loving, a compassionate way, and that we build bridges, we don't burn bridges. Uh, Again, our phone number here, 888-914-9149. Father, I wanted to go back to what you were saying right before the break, that— uh, you know, our, our sexuality, and this ties in, of course, with gender. We see this talked about so much, all of these different gender identity labels that are out there. Um, you know, my, my kids, I have uh, my oldest, she is 23 right now, and this was just starting to come through and become more mainstream when she was in high school. And now it's everywhere to the point that most of the students in my kids' class have some sort of other identity that they put on themselves. Nobody just wants to be a boy or a girl or just simply male or female. It seems like it's really taken over. Um, You were talking about how our sexuality, this is only a part of our identity. So maybe you can talk a little bit more on that. But then also, how do we approach a conversation, especially as a parent, maybe, you know, talking with a child who sees this happening in a classroom, all of their friends, and they're saying, I, you know, "I'm, I'm hearing one thing at home, I'm hearing another thing at school.
2: Well, and that's, that's certainly confusing for children, and, and parents have got to be aware of that. I think when classes went online, some parents began to, to realize, wait a minute, uh, you know, that they didn't realize what their children are being exposed to, what messages were coming through, uh, and, and became alarmed. Uh, and so we do need to, to worry about mixed messages that our children are receiving because it, it has a consequence of confusing them. And so what what we have to recognize is that I'm not the master of my destiny. you know, and this is this is the the whole thing where the modern idea of man and and frankly, the American dream uh, which which kind of picks up on this uh, modern idea of man, it's all about me and I can do anything, right it's It's this rugged individualism. It's this conquer the world. But in fact, you know, for anyone who is a Christian, I have to realize I'm a servant, not the master, that, that there is a master of the universe, and his name is God, uh, not me. And so there has to be a certain humility that I bring to the choices in my life. Am I living in accordance with this great design of, of, of the universe, with this design for who I am? And I I know that that it can get into, you know, wordsmithing about, do we say I'm gay or I'm this, or is it same-sex attraction? Is it orientation? But but to try through all these things to, to convey the richness of the human person as more than just our sexual anatomy, as more than just our lustful feelings, that there is more to me than that. And I think what What's necessary to heal so many of the wounds that, that, that people have, not just in sexual identity, but in all sorts of areas of our life, is to realize my starting point. I am an infinitely, unconditionally loved child of God. That's my identity. That's the firm foundation on which to build my life. That, that I am infinitely loved. That I'm unconditionally loved. No matter what I do, I'm still loved. Hmm. That's my identity. That's who I am. There's a bunch of stuff that I do, but who I am is an infinitely beloved child of God.
0: Hmm. That's so important for, for everyone to hear. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It's, it's so important for everyone. Father, we're down to our last minute and a half here. Um, I, I know one resource that's out there is Courage International. Um, it's uh, an apostolate for men and women who struggle with experience same-sex attraction. Um, any other resources that you know of that you might recommend?
2: That's the best. There are some really good uh, books and things out there. Encourage is kind of a support group for families of those who have same-sex attractions. So Courage and Encourage are both probably the the leaders in in this field in the United States and and well worth uh, looking into and and seeing they have a a lot of experience and and a lot of wisdom on this.
0: And their website is CourageRC.org, the RC for Roman Catholics, so CourageRC.org. Father, um, we, we just kind of scratched the surface on so much here, and maybe we can continue the conversation at a later date, but since we are down to our last 30 seconds, could I ask you to offer a blessing for all of our listeners?
2: Love and gracious Father, extend your peace into the minds and hearts of all who are troubled, all who feel sorry, and all who are struggling with matters of sexuality. Help us to all love one another and to live according to the truth of who you made us in your own image. May Almighty God bless all of our listeners and all of their family members in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Always good to talk with you, Father Johnson. And if you joined us late, as I always say, Go back, find the entire hour, the podcast. It'll be posted here shortly at our website, relevantradio.com, or you can find it on the Relevant Radio app. Look forward to having you back here with us on Monday for another episode of The Inner Life. Hope you have a wonderful and blessed weekend. Make sure you make it to Mass, and you can stay tuned right now and listen to Daily Mass coming up right here on Relevant Radio.